Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. All right. This morning we have a special guest speaker. His name is uh, Pastor Adam Perry, but he likes to go by Adam. (laughs) Um, He is from the Hope Connection Church, and we are excited to have him this morning. Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ, who was, who is, and who will be. Hi, I'm Adam Perry. Um, I am the pastor of the Hope Connection um, Church of the Nazarene, and I'm also uh, the co-director of the Hope Connection Outreach Center in Hope, Arkansas. Um, I was told by your pastor to say a couple things about who we are and who I am and why we're here, and well, we were sent we were sent, and really what it was is we were sent and we said yes. Um, Hope was a town that was really broken. The church that was there was obscenely broken. It was down to three people. And they had a building about as big as yours. And you know how hard it is to pay bills on a building as big as yours. It's not easy. They were keeping it afloat by renting out the parsonage. They hadn't had a pastor in years. And things just weren't working great. There was grass in the parking lot. And it was time for a change. So my wife and I were called to Hope to do something a little different. We replanted Hope. And uh, Hope First Church of the Nazarene didn't cease to be. It evolved. And it became something new. Um, We did sell the church building because the church building was too much to hold on to. We ended up doing home church for a little bit. And my wife and I started finding... Wherever, whenever we go to a new town, we look for the most broken in the town. And so we ended up in jail. I'm like the only person that wants to go back to jail because of COVID. I know it sounds strange, but I really do. I want to spend time working with those who are broken, those who need the help. So when God put it in front of us, we ended up buying a building right across the street from the jail in Hope, Arkansas. It, it, it's not a church building. It's an outreach center. It's something that people can walk into and not feel afraid they don't feel like it's a super pious place. Yes, there's a chapel, but there's a, there's, a clothing, there's a clothing closet. There's a food pantry. There's a computer center for people who can't get on the Internet. Remember, we were guiding towards people who got out of jail. When you get out of jail, sometimes you don't even have your identification. You have a piece of paper. With that piece of paper, you can't use the public library's computers. You have to do something. So we had a, a way to step in. We had a way to help other people and a way to step into the culture. So my wife and I worked with our small group, and our group is growing. We've fed thousands of people. We've been open in that building since September, and we've already fed thousands of people. We've been able to do huge food drives. We've been able to work with other churches and work with the other greater church and make things happen, both Nazarene and not, realizing that our Baptist friends are still saved. They still make things happen. So do our Methodist friends. So do our other Nazarene friends. The church is a big thing. It's not little. And we're able to work together as church to do something huge, but something that starts small. So today, I want to start off with a story. And uh, the story, when I was a kid, I used to love going to the circus. Did everybody love going to the circus when they were a kid? Did you ever get to go? 
I loved it. I mean, seriously, I loved going to the circus. I loved going to the circus so much. The, the fun, the lights, the, the, the entertainment, the lions, the tigers, the bears, oh my, it was just kept going. But I really loved the elephants. I loved seeing elephants at the circus, and I know they're not at the circus anymore, and there's a good reason behind that, and I'll tell you about that. But it's because a baby elephant, when taken from its mother, they put a shackle on its leg. When it weighs about 150 pounds, you're like, that's a baby? What? No, 150 pound to 300 pound baby. They put a shackle on its leg, but it's a huge shackle, a gigantic shackle. It couldn't ever break this shackle because it's only a 300 pound little infant. But as it grows, it's learned that it can't break that shackle. It can't break that chain. It can't break through at all. And so when it's huge and majestic and giant, it could easily break the chain. But it doesn't think it can, because it's learned helpless. It's learned to be helpless. I want you to frame what I speak to today, the verses we go through, in that thought, about learned helplessness in the church, in our society, in our own lives. Learned helplessness is a thing. And it's something that, well, we'll get into it. If you could open up with me to Mark, if you have your Bible with you, or your phone, whatever. Remember, pastors love hearing papers turn. It's like something, I don't know, it's just one of the good things of life to hear papers turn when you're saying, go to Mark chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 1, and this is the scripture that uh, BJ sent me to today, so I thought it would be fantastic to continue with. And yes, I wear jeans to church. <laughs> Please uh, be in an attitude of receiving the gospel. I don't know if you stand when, they read, when she reads or not, but here it is. <sighs> then they went across to the lake of the region of Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit, came from the tombs to meet him. The man lived in the tombs, and there was no one who could bind him anymore, not even a chain. For he, he had often been chained hand and foot, and he tore the chains apart and broke the irons of his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with the stones. When he saw Jesus in the distance, he ran, and he fell on his knees in front of him, and he, said, and he shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said this to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again, and again, to send him out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission. And the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank and into the lake where they were drowned. Those 
tending the pigs, ran off and reported this to the town and the countryside, and the people went out to what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by legion of demons, sitting there, dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told people what had happened, that the demon-possessed man, and told them about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting onto the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but he said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how much mercy he has had on you. So the man went away with him and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. This is the word of God for the people of God. Today, I'm not coming to preach a great evangelistic sermon. I'm coming to preach to the church. I'm coming to preach to this congregation and to whoever's listening online. This story is one that always weighs heavy on me. Because you don't know who you're going to relate to when you read a story out of the scriptures. You don't know if you're going to relate to the person that's demon-possessed, because God knows I've been demon-possessed in evilness in my life. And I'm pretty sure every one of us has had bad things that we've done in our lives. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? Yes? Yes. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And because of that, we have something a little special. This man that was in chains, even though he was breaking through the chains, he was still in chains, He was enchained by the legion that was inside his body. These evil beings that were existing in him. And we know there's not that many devils in the world. For goodness sakes, theologians like to say that there were a million angels in heaven before the, the, the divide. Half became demons, half became angels. Battles on the plains. But with only half, what does it, that leaves us with 500,000, right? Doing my math right, right? Everybody say yes. Uh, (laughs) So we have 500,000 demons. How many people are in the world? Billions. Billions. Evil in this world isn't always the demons holding us back. When I come to a place like Hope, I got excited. I got super excited coming to Hope because I knew I could find people and help people and love people. Because as church, what are we called to do? We're called to love people. Because that's what we're all individually called to do. What are we called? Two rules to be a Christian. Basic rules. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your soul, with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as Jesus first loved you. Yeah, I went around with the John side. But as we do that, what does it look like? This man that was possessed, this man that was obviously had to let the devils into him, The devil doesn't enter you unless you allow it, number one. I'm going to tell you this. Somebody, I never thought I would say this, as somebody who has actually worked with possessed individuals before, because I go to places that most Christians won't ever go to, they exist, and I have seen the possessed. But the possessed always have allowed the devil in. They have allowed the evilness into their lives. They have allowed the bad things of the world to enter into them. Because they chose to go in a path. They either chose weak, helpless. They they learned helplessness throughout their lives that by themselves they were nothing. 
Through their drug use, they were nothing. Through their addictions, they were nothing. Through their beatings, they were nothing. No matter how they got into this place in their life, they felt that they were nothing. And when they felt that they were nothing, they allowed evilness to enter into our lives. We don't necessarily have that problem so much in the church because we have what? The Holy Spirit who is with us every single day of our lives. God walks with us, doesn't he? God works in us. The Holy Spirit is who we are. We are a holiness people, and to deny the Holy Spirit power would be crazy. But so many in the world forget that provenient grace that is working on them, that grace of God that is working in them. This poor man was broken. Even though he was breaking chains, it wasn't him that was doing it. The devil was doing it through him. He was receiving power that wasn't his from the wrong side. His power was beating him up, taking him over. He didn't know what to do. And I'm going to say, as church, sometimes we get stuck in that little realm. As the chosen, the ecclesia, the body of Christ, each one of us come together. We have power. So when we are confronted with the demons the evilness of the world, we have power, but not in ourselves. I don't have any power. I can't save people. I can't do any things of love without having love first. I can't do anything. If I, if I just went to Hope and said, you know what, I'm me. I'm going to feed people with all the food I can buy. I'm going to buy all the clothes I can buy. I'm going to do all this stuff with my money. I I am a retired, disabled army vet. I make this much money. <laughs> how far do you think it's going to go? If I'm going to clothe all those people, how far is it going to go? The world tells me I can't do it. I can't take care of people in a city. I can't do it because I have to learn helplessness. The church has learned this helplessness individually over time because we've forgotten as the body of Christ, we are strong. We're called to go out every single day and put on Jesus. And we're called to be Jesus for those who don't know Jesus. We are called to love like we were loved first. But we forget these little things. We have this learned helplessness in our life that seems to control us. So a church, I've seen so many churches, even big churches, they can't get organized around a thing. They can't get organized around a brokenness. They can't get organized around what to do. It's so simple. What has God called us to do? He's called us to feed the hungry. He's called us to provide water for the thirsty. And sometimes water it goes beyond water for the thirsty because we provide living water too, right? We disciple. He's called us to clothe the naked. He's called us to visit the imprisoned. He's called us to visit the sick, but he's called us to heal the sick. I want you to think about the scripture that we went to today. Not from Jesus casting the demons out, to Jesus healing the demoniac. Jesus was healing a man. He was doing basic Judaism. He was doing what he was called to as a basic Jew. And as a basic Christian, we are called to heal as well. Healing can be, come in many forms. Healing can come from giving somebody a cup of water to just sitting and listening to somebody. 
And I promise you, healing almost never comes from giving somebody $5 on the street corner. Listen to their story first and figure out why they need the $5. And then maybe you can find what they really need and find the root cause. As Christians, we are called to do so much more because we're called to love. The demoniac was so excited about showing love. I wish I knew his name. I'm going to call him Bob right now. Bob was so happy because he received so much. He had lived in a cave, cutting himself with rocks, chained, shackled, running through the graveyard, going amongst the dead. He lived a horrible life of pain, suffering, and torment. And Jesus took that away from him. He cleared up his thoughts by removing what was inside of him that was not supposed to be there. Jesus healed him. And we're like, well, we can't do that. We can't heal people. Absolutely, you can't. We can. As the church, power happens. As the body of Christ, as the chosen representatives in this world of God's love, we have to let people know about God's love. The demoniac had a hard time living a life. But he needed love. He needed Jesus to love him first, didn't he? Can you be that person? Can you break the chain off your foot that is binding you back? Can you take that thing that's holding you back saying, you can't solve hunger. You can't make sure that people are dressed. You can't do the things that change people's lives. But I'm going to tell you, as church, we do kingdom things. For at head of the church is our king. Vicariously our pastors stand behind, in, in his place, leading us where we need to go. Your pastor is a wonderful lady. She's strong, she's bright, and she's funny. <laughs> but she is. And she has a heart for God like nothing else. She has a heart of peace, a heart of love. And... There's others in this room with that call because it's not that strange of a call. The call to be a shepherd isn't necessarily one that is just somebody in a platform. Anybody can preach. But when it comes down to it, she has a call to change lives. She has a call to lead people towards love because she knows that there's love in this world. And I'm hoping everybody in this room knows that there's love in this world. In Jesus' very first sermon, when he preached in Bethlehem, where he kind of got ran out, but, so he wasn't preaching to everybody in the world. He was preaching to the Pharisees, or the, the, at least the Sanhedrin in his town, in Bethlehem. What, was he, what did he preach? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is coming near. He wasn't preaching to the outside world. He was preaching to us. He was preaching to people like you and people like me to turn from some of our ways. Turn from the ways of the world that hold us back. And so I say that to you. Repent. It's not a bad thing. Repentance is simple. It's to go the opposite direction of where you were going before. If you're doing something that isn't great in Christ, you're addicted to your cell phone. Go the other direction. Put down your cell phone and go meet somebody. You know, if, if you're... If you're stuck in drugs, turn. Turn to the people that is truth. Turn to love. Turn to family. Turn to the church. If you're stuck in 
thieving, give. If you're stuck in murdering, bring life. And I know it sounds weird to say murdering, but you know what? Every day, we, lots of people find a way to kill other people without actually committing murder. The church is amazing because God brought us all together. Everybody is in this room right now, minus maybe a couple kids, because they chose to be here. Everybody that's watching online is here because they chose to be here. They chose to come and be part of something bigger. Well, I'm telling you, we can take these shackles off. They are broken. Jesus broke these shackles for us because he gave us a great blessing. Now we need to take the great blessing that Jesus gave us. The truth, the life, the way that he gave us. And use it. Whether it's healing, well, pretty much heal. Go show love. And if you really have a huge problem with it, think about how God has loved you. Does everybody in this room have a God love me story? Now turn it around on somebody who doesn't know it and show it to somebody else and be God's hand and feet, hands and feet because we are the church. We are the chosen. We are the ecclesia. We are here to do something amazing because God wills it. And I can say that without even flinching. God loves it. Do something amazing. Do kingdom work. For God loves you. For God so loved the world. God is awesome, right? God is good. Oh, you guys don't do that here? God is good. And? Okay. God is good. And all the time. Amen. Praise Jesus. You know what? Thank you so much for staying here, listening to me talk, and uh, letting us get to God's word a little bit. Remember, there are chains to be broken, but we can break off those chains because we are the church. And God is with us, always. Let me close in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you so much for letting us be here. Thank you for being in our presence, allowing us to understand your word. And thank you for allowing us to be the church. Lord God, as our pastor's out doing her thing, and she's out Sabbathing, enjoying her time, Lord God, keep her safe, let her travel, and be good, and come back. And allow her to lead and bless. Bless her, O oh Lord, as you bless these people. For your love is amazing and will never end. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all the church said, God is good. Thank you so much. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved. Thank you.